Gold is back above 1800. The dollar is back below 95. Prince Andrew is not looking so princely. The LAPD is at it again, chasing Pokemon instead of burglars. I am Gerardo Del Real, along with my co-host, Mr. Nick Hodge. This is episode 152 of Bizarro World. Mr. Hodge, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing really good, Gerardo. It was good to see you last week in uh, Austin and host all the employees there. We had a, a ton of fun. Uh, COVID is running rampant, which we'll uh, talk about. It affected us in uh, more ways than one, uh, but nonetheless, we got it done and, and had a, a wonderful party and uh, we continue to say excited for 2022. So uh, here we go. Gold looking good. We'll talk about that too. Yeah, no, look, it was phenomenal to catch up with with most everyone, right? And so to, to provide a little bit of context for everybody out there, you know, we, we had a calm meeting of the minds over the weekend to discuss strategy and initiatives and, you know, what we expected out of 2022. And, you know, prior to heading to dinner, we had, um, you know, one of our employees, his wife tested positive for COVID literally 30 minutes before we went to dinner. And so... That was bad enough because they had flown out. We were all excited to meet. Obviously, they missed out on the dinner and some of the other events that we had planned, but it kind of escalated from there. That turned into the CDC report, the health practitioner reporting the positive test to the CDC. And then that turned into the CDC putting our employee's wife on a no-fly list. Fine and dandy if they're from Texas, but they're from California. So they ended up having to drive back to California in a rental, sick with COVID, not ideal. I felt horrible for them. Luckily, they made it safe, and luckily, they both feel better and are back to 100%. But look, we had another employee that, that, that also just wasn't comfortable traveling. And, you know, meanwhile, we have the CDC urging, you know, or, or not the CDC, but California urging healthcare workers to go back to work if they're asymptomatic, even if they're COVID positive. So, Again, it doesn't seem like a coordinated policy. It doesn't seem like the people in charge are, you know, doing things in a logical, sensical way. And the virus is going to virus. So, it, you know, I, I, I think eventually everyone's just going to catch something. And that's the way we're going to work our way out of this thing, right? We've been saying that for a while. Um, I was saying this thing was going to spread like wildfire as, as soon as I got back after Thanksgiving. And... Um, lots of narratives are imploding and you can see how we're inching ourselves towards uh, the end of this. Not only is this very, very mild, but um, people are starting to get on on their own. Right. You just mentioned the wavering guidance. Uh, you're starting to see, um, you know, people count um, having caught the virus as, you know, being vaccinated. Uh, the NCAA has said, if you've caught the virus now, you're going to be counted as vaccinated. And so it's working its way toward, um, you know, less, uh, hopefully, uh, government intervention and more um, if you have a cold and you're sick, don't come to work. Right. Because um, that's how the world is going to have to get on. And you can't continue to close down schools and you can't continue to um have kids home and you can't continue to disrupt people's lives for something that has a, a quite low mortality rate and 
Um, that's something that's misunderstood as well. I don't know if you caught the Bill Maher thing this week, but he was ranting at Democrats, who he's usually typically in favor of, saying, look, when we take polls, half your people are saying that you get a 50% chance of going to the hospital if you get this virus. And that's crazy, right? Because it's it's much lower than that, right? Like one to 5% chance of hospitalization. And so um, even Fauci this week was saying that everybody's going to get it. And so anyway, I think we're continuing to get to the, uh, to the end of this thing. Let's talk markets. Let's pivot back to the markets. Gold is looking healthy. Hate to get into feelings, right? But the, the, the chart looks good. If we can break above that 1830, 1835 trend line, I think we're off to the races to 2000 here soon. I'd love to hear your thoughts. You're more of a technical analyst than I am, but it feels and it looks good. We've been stepping up every week. It was like late December. It's like gold starting to look good. And then early January, gold starting to look good. And now it's really starting to look good, especially because you have... Uh, rates backing away yields uh the u.s 10 years saying um no i'm not gonna break out above uh, like 1.8 percent and then <laughs> you have the dollar backing off um and so um both of those things are are good for gold and i continue to think that uh, you're going to get uh, slower economic growth this year than you saw at the end of last year um and it's it's just so funny to watch you know, the mainstream media be led by the Fed, who um, <laughs> is is 18 months to two years behind. And that's who's like leading the thing. Right. So um, you had Jerome and, and, and Brainerd, uh, you know, testifying this week and they saying their mission was to, to tamper inflation. The number one thing is the you know, to stop the inflation that's hurting the American people. But meanwhile, they were saying there was no inflation the entire time. They could have been stopping or at least, you know, not making it last so long so um that narrative is behind is what i've, I've been saying and um to drill down on, on that further um you know you can still see high prices you can still see supply, supply chain bottlenecks at the same time that the, the the true market forces that dictate that ahead of the ahead of the curve right are are starting to, to soften a little bit and so there's definitely changes going on because uh, gold is getting a stronger and and and, and rates are looking like they want to get weaker. And that's the opposite of what happened in 2021. Calling inflation the biggest threat after denying inflation for two years. And then, ha and, and, and by the way, let's be absolutely clear. If you had an advisor or a fund manager or a newsletter writer or whatever, anybody that's in charge of providing ideas, you're, you're, you're big boys and girls out there, you make your own investment decisions, right? But anybody that was providing ideas and got the inflation wrong call, call wrong, they, they got the transitory, you know, permanent inflation call wrong, they cost you a ton of money. Because I mean, it, it's not to brag and knock on wood, but Nick and I had a couple of good years. Um, and we had a couple of good years positioning and front running that inflation narrative, that inflation was transitory, that it was just going to go away the following month and the following month and the following month. And you like to call it uh, inflation profits, Nick. And, and it's been it's been a solid couple of years. Um, the IRS is happy with us. <laughs> Well, we've done it. We've done it by buying those commodities whose yep. price is inflated. And, and we talk about different ways to do that. And it's kind of a perfect segue, right? Because, um, you know, we try to differentiate between our products and we try to differentiate between investment strategies. And, and you can buy, um, you know, a copper ETF, you can buy a Freeport, you can buy 
uh, Rio Tinto or, or, or on down the line, right? Into the smaller ones, uh, all the way down into the, to the explorers. And we do that in, in uh, various ways. We make recommendations in uh, Junior Resource Monthly and a Junior Resource Trader, and we invest privately in, in some of those companies as well. So um, look, lithium prices this week are hitting um, like all-time highs uh, again as the, as the world is realizing that there's uh, not enough to hit um, all these battery milestones and clean energy milestones. Look at Ford stock, for example, as it mm. uh, offers its lightning and, and, and pivots to an electric strategy. And, um, you know, these uh, lithium producers are, are popping off. We've mentioned critical elements a couple times, but, you know, that's one that's back at over $1.50 today, right before we recorded that I was able to get uh, people in at 30 cents with warrants at 45 cents that don't even expire for another couple of months. And so... Yeah, that's the benefit of, of private deals, and 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 you've done it uh, with other companies uh, as well. And so we should just talk about that for a second because we both offer services that get people uh, connected to companies that are that are raising money. And of course, you have to be uh, accredited to do that. That means you either made two hundred thousand dollars the past couple of years, or three hundred thousand dollars with a spouse, or you have a million dollars. Uh, net worth, basically, uh, and then you can buy shares directly from the company, and that um, often comes with advantages. Either it's priced at a discount to the market, or um, you get a warrant, which you can view as a sweetener to buy more down the road without um, any risk. And so, um, if you can if you can buy a dollar fifty lithium company uh, for forty five cents and, and sell the shares immediately, that's a good work if you can get it, especially if you can do that commensurately with uh, lithium prices. Uh, hitting highs, and it's not just lithium. I, copper was back above um, 450 uh, today. I think uh, showing strength, and so um, we have deals coming up. Uh, there's one we're going to offer to private investors soon. That's um, in those lines, a PGE deal that has uh, incredible upside. That is just really at the beginning of its uh, fundraising life cycle. So. Um, I know you've had success with private placements as well. And and, and, and the money that I've been able to make from those is, is, you know, what allows you to go to the next level, not just a, a salary or not just an income from owning a business, but then, um, you know, making uh, three, four, 10 times your money returns on, on some of these plays uh, twice if you have warrants. So uh, I'll let you talk about the no, private placements for a little bit. Yeah, no, look, a real world example. You have an oil deal right now. That is a 10 cent deal. It's a private company. I believe the valuation is something like $2 million at this level. Is that accurate? 1.8 Canadian. Yeah. 1.8 Canadian. Real world example. If I allocate $10,000 into that deal in roughly six months time, approximately, give or take, and correct me if I'm wrong, because it's your deal, Nick, this will IPO likely around the 40 cent level. So my $10,000, if I just sit tight for a couple of months, six months, two quarters, It'll be $40,000. Now, that's not the only upside. That's just going to be the IPO price, right? Then the marketing starts. Then the work really starts. Then the news flow continues. And don't let us catch another wave of energy profits the way that you caught it the last year right. and a half. Because if that's the case and they're able to execute on their business model, this is a stock that has the potential to be a $1.50, $2, stock, right? And so... If you're allocating more than $10,000 into any space, it behooves you. You'd be a fool to not spend $3,000 for either Nick's service or my service 
for access to these deals because you're going to make it back in spades. Now, not every deal is going to work out that way. Some will come with a kicker like a warrant. Other deals, maybe you'll make 50 to 100%. But when you're able to have the kind of network that Nick and I have worked so hard for over a decade, for over a decade, that gives you access that personally for me, it took me years and years to be able to put together and be able to check that accredited investor box and be able to get in the sandbox, as I always used to say, um, to be able to write those checks on such advantageous terms. And what allows that for us is, is the network that we've built up and the early access that we have. You know, there's you, you had a great piece that everybody should go read. I believe it was for Daily Profit Cycle. Is that correct, mm -hmm. Nick? And, and, and it talked about, you know, newsletter writers talking the talk, but not really walking the walk, um, having private placement services that are really crowdfunding services that aren't for accredited investors, where oftentimes the company doesn't even know that these guys and gals are pitching their deal because it's not really a private deal. You're not getting access to anything other than some newsletter writer pointing at things that you could find on your own. That's not access. That's not a network. That is just, that's gimmicky. And, 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 you know, it's, it's, it's whatever to each their own, but our business model isn't that it's real access. It's real deals. We're proud of the deals and how we bet them. Doesn't mean everyone works out. Got a pretty damn good hit rate. No. Yes. Yeah, certainly everyone uh, doesn't work mm -hmm. out, but when you're making those multiple returns, they pay for all the ones that don't. That's the nature of, a speculative investments, investing in, in private placements and the deals that we closed last year in my private placement service hmm. they had an average return of over 100% each. And we lost, um, in the case of one, uh, all our money. And so, um, you know, that's how it unfolds sometimes. But uh, like I say, that uh, doesn't negate the fact that, um, you know, we buy shares for a couple of hundred thousand dollars and have made millions. And so, um, and have warrants still to buy more. And, um, yeah, you mentioned the sandbox, you know, not everybody's allowed in. I mentioned the velvet rope and that's not our velvet rope. That's uh, uncle Sam saying that. And it's not that I agree with that because, you know, who is uncle Sam to oh, say, yeah. uh, what's a good investment for, for anyone. Right. And, and, uh, and when you can go out there and buy penny stocks and a retail brokerage or whatever it is. So, um, anyway, my beliefs all matter. The, the law is that you got to make uh, 200,000 or have a million dollars net worth and, the uh, fact of the matter is a lot of newsletter writers just simply don't have that, right? That's why I say that they're playing dress up. They're not allowed in the sandbox. And so um, you got to get access. Be fun, but not with I money. mean, that's right. Exactly. <laughs> so anyway, um, check out our services. Hodge Family Office, Junior Resource Insider. He mentioned a, a, an oil deal that's open. If you get in by the, I think it's the 21st of January, uh, you'll have time. And then. Uh, another big deal coming in the in the in the PGE space. So um, stay tuned for that. It's free money, <laughs> ten cents, forty cents, and then maybe higher. I, I don't know how much more I can possibly simplify it. I'm a pretty simple guy. I like to say I, I like to make things as simple as possible. It's it's free money. Y'all can take it if you want it. Um, let's pivot back. Let's talk about the dollar. We had a pretty pronounced move lower, right? It breached ninety six, and it went right through 95 and right now it's 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 hitting you know that 94.82 level and flirting with 95 again i personally don't think it's sustained i think it's an opportunity to buy dollars as crazy as that sounds eventually everybody knows how i feel about dollars and most fiat currencies they'll go to their intrinsic value which is paper but in 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 the short term i actually think there's an opportunity there um, and I was encouraged by the fact that it, it didn't take the dollar 
coming back down to that 94.75, 94.82 level in order for it to breach that 1800 level again. It actually went up just a tad bit before that. So it kind of front ran, you know, the dollar in that aspect. Um, what thoughts what's on the, the opportunity? What's the opportunity you see? I, I think we're back at 96 here soon and maybe even 97. You know, I, I see geopolitical tensions. I see everything that's going on in, you know, with Russia and the Ukraine and Kazakhstan. And, you know, I, I, I think capital is rotating out of tech. And I think capital is rotating out of foreign currencies. And again, I think the dollar is the cleanest, dirty shirt in the laundry basket, right? I think, I think if you compare it to anything else, probably the best thing going right now as far as currencies go. Yeah, and you got the Fed saying that they're going to slow the rate of purchases yep. and, and, and tighten uh, hawkish talk or whatever, <laughs> which should be, you know, strengthen the dollar. Um, you know, we'll see when, when GDP starts coming out. But uh, for now, that, that looks like the move. I like it. And I also think the move is to get ready for, for, for higher gold prices. And I think the move is some of those better names that have been thrown out, you know, babies thrown out with the bathwater. Um, start, start, start nibbling. I know I've been saying that for a couple of months, but rather be a couple of months earlier than a couple of months late. You saw it with the uranium space. There's a lot of cheap names out there. I mean, um, even big names. I mean, I bought some Kirkland Lake today or at least put a bit in. I don't know if it was uh, filled and, and on down the line, right? Um, and you see deals still uh, getting done. You see uh, producers still uh, not getting the, the proper market valuations that they should relative to um, the earnings and the production that they're they're posting. And so, um, especially if yields continue to, to shy away from their, their recent highs, I think the, the climate is... Uh, very good for gold. And so, yeah, I'm getting more bullish there for sure. <laughs> good. Um, I, I want to talk about the ALA, the LAPD officers that were chasing Pokemon instead of responding to a burglary. <laughs> we'll get into that in a little bit because I'm sitting here thinking, and you know, my silly brain and my childish sense of humor. You remember that show Cops where, you know, they, 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 they would get the camera, they would follow all like, you know, the people that they wanted to arrest and made, you know, they made mostly poor people look like assholes, right? That's really what it was. Whether you were black or Hispanic or white, it, it really didn't matter. They really made it a point to make people of lower incomes because there's crime never occurs in high end areas, right? They never went into a high end area. It was always like, you know, the projects or the, the low income area. But anyway, I was thinking about that show and then I was thinking about our podcast and we highlight so much bullshit with officers that our show, our podcast is like cops, but in reverse. We're like, we profile and chase the cops around the country, citing all of their misdeeds. And it's not my fault. Y'all keep fucking up. That's what I was just going to say. You know, there's so much fodder that it's not hard. You know, I know, I know a lawyer. On, I know a lawyer on Twitter that, uh, you know, has a habit or one of his hobbies is posting stories where police you know, police either are beating their wives or shooting dogs or he was all over this one, right? And so there's always a story where the cops are, are fucking up and sometimes it's funny where they're chasing a snagaloo or whatever the fuck they were doing. But uh, yeah, sometimes it's not funny. So I don't know if you want to talk about that now or later. Yeah, but, might, as well, might as well get into it. We'll talk cryptos in a little bit. So two LAPD officers just got fired, right? These assholes. <laughs> There was a robbery call at a Macy's, right? And a lot of the good officers responded to the call and they got out there. And, and these two guys, I'll get the names. It's uh, Louis Lozano and Eric Mitchell were on foot patrol, you know, when the robbery call comes in. 
And instead of rushing over with their fellow officers to help the citizens that were being robbed, these assholes ignored the call, <laughs> responded with a simple no, is what the article says, and then concealed the fact that they were running around chasing Snorlax, which I guess is a Pokemon character with their phone. <laughs> so they get caught for this, right? They, they, they tried lying about it. They get caught. They're put on suspension. And not yes. realizing that they were being recorded because they were recording themselves, right? It was the body, again, the body cam footage. And so when 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 this is investigated, they're put on paid leave for a bit. And yeah, um, a Snorlax popped up is what the, 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 the body cam shows. You hear them saying, oh shit, it's a Snorlax. <laughs> and they go chasing the Snorlax. <laughs> <laughs> they appeal this, Nick. These two had the nerve had the nerve to appeal not chasing burglars and chasing Pokemon. And, of course, they lost that appeal, thankfully, and they were woefully fired and terminated on the spot. But, oh, man. Oh, um, man. You you say, of course, uh, they didn't win the appeal, but, you know, I can only imagine the things that um, have gotten buried over the years, right, when uh, police use their qualified immunity to uh, get away with things. But... Um, you know, there's a couple of things running through my head, right? We talked last week about the guy who was driving 80 miles an hour with one hand to a, a burglary that uh, or a carjacking that he wasn't going to solve. So maybe in this case, someone was safer uh, because the cops uh, sat in their car or went and chased a Snorlax or whatever, right? So, uh, but Do you know what the basis of the appeal was, Nick? Let me hear. <laughs> that they didn't know the conversation was being recorded. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine me in court and I tell the judge some stupid shit like that? Like, Your Honor, I didn't know they were watching me and recording it. <laughs> oh, man. Anyhow, we'll put the link up to the article. It's, it's funny, not funny, but again, childish sense of humor and all. I found it hilarious. Bo boys in blue, uh, thin blue line and, and all that, right? Sworn to protect and... Um, I'm not done yet. A couple of more points I wanted to make because this is uh, <laughs> an important theme and one that um, I don't shy away from. So um, a point that is worth repeating is that, you know, police don't solve a majority of crimes um, anyway. They go uh, unsolved. Um, also, now for the first time a couple of years ago, police uh, stole more than uh, robbers did through mm. police interdiction and uh, civil asset forfeiture. There's been... Uh, more dangerous cases where police have shied away from interaction, including uh, one famous uh, school shooting I'm thinking of where an officer mm -hmm. had a chance to um, intervene. And then um, just this week, there was a, a final report out about the gun trace task force hmm. in uh, Baltimore and all the dirty shit uh, those motherfucking cops were doing mm -hmm. for uh, years while the police department knew. So, you know, cops ended up um, well, one cop ended up shot in the back of the head and they quote unquote don't know who did that. But you know, mothers thankfully got arrested. But the, the police department knew like um, uh, in the one case, uh, the officer had 12 serious complaints about him in the, in the last year and was still allowed to be on the street right with a gun. And he was planting guns and drugs on people. So they were pulling people over and robbing them and following them back to their house and robbing them. And so um anyway yeah so thankfully is right that um you know this came to light but uh, there's more 
there, there's more look I, again i said we're like cops but just the opposite yeah. ah, cops in reverse there's a texas sheriff that's under investigation here in texas uh, the, the 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 texas rangers raided his office for for robbing immigrants at the border of cash and vehicles just straight up taking them do you know how big of an asshole you have to be to get the Texas Rangers to come and raid your police department and actually charge you? Like usually they're buddy buddy and it's, you know, see no evil, hear no evil. It's got to be really flagrant for the Rangers to come in and say, all right, <laughs> enough is enough. Like we're not letting this happen anymore. It's crazy. It was immigration officers or like a small town officers? No, this is, this is like a, a rural sheriff. That's mm. like right on the border, right? And so what, what he would do is he was just he would wait for immigrants and and he would pull them over, use his siren, pull the badge out, and whether or not they were doing anything wrong, he would just take their vehicle and take their cash or threaten to deport them and call law enforcement. Which again brings up another serious issue. I'm all for legal immigration because I came here. Well, mine wasn't even legal immigration. My parents crossed the border illegally, right? But they were looking for a better way. They they wanted that upward mobility that America offered at the time. And so we made it. Eventually, they became citizens, and here I am. Um, but I don't want dangerous criminals, whether they're immigrants or not, here either. So let's make the assumption that this sheriff pulls over an illegal immigrant who is a violent illegal immigrant. And instead of doing a proper background check, seeing if this person should even be allowed to go on the sheriff just looks the other way if the guy's got a nice truck and some cash how is that protecting your community that's insane to me so i'm glad he got arrested i'm glad he's being charged um and i'll, I'll follow this and I'll, I'll get back to everybody but again it's it's i could go on forever i have i i i i could go on forever i have I have a story about a kentucky prison guard <laughs> so kentucky prison guard who sexually assaulted an inmate in his van was caught doing it went to court and the judge because the prison guard knew somebody in the parole and probation department and had contacts in law enforcement told him he could either go to jail or enlist in the army in 30 days why would you send them to the army when we already have a sexual assault epidemic within our ranks that top brass has been trying to filter through and clear out for years and done a poor job, I should say, right? Done a poor yeah. job. That judge should be looked at. Judge Thomas Wingate gave this guy a 12-month sentence and said, you'll be on probation for two years if you just re-enlist with the military within three days. No jail time for you. He needs to be removed from institutions. From not, society. Not, yeah, not given an option of which one to go to. I, mean, I, I was going to start this podcast with just a bunch of alcohol bottles. Because, like, is the whole world just batshit crazy drunk? Like, it is insane <laughs> out here. I could keep clicking through a little list. I'll stop because I can go on forever with this stuff. But it's just getting weirder and crazier and more bizarro and... You know, we make light of some of the light stuff, like, you know, when you're chasing a Snorlax and only make light of that one because no one was hurt, luckily, as a result of the negligence of the officers. But look, when you're getting when you're getting women sexually assaulted um, and, and, and you're caught and then the justice system in America's response to that is to either release this person back into society or send them into an institution like the army. 
so he can go, you know, fondle and rape and sexually assault and molest or whatever the hell he was doing. When that's being enabled by a judge, can you imagine being a woman right now? I know you do it for the hoes, but that's of their own volition. That's of their own volition, right? I mean, and, you know, I'm still feeling jolly, everybody. So that's, you know, it's, it's not, it's Santa. It's not I spreading the holiday cheer. Uh, a lot of crazy shit going on out there, guys. It's, 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 yeah, it's, it's, it's getting wilder. So perfect segue to crypto. <laughs> still huddling? What do you want to talk about? Um, so, yeah, I'm holding my, my Bitcoin and my Ether and my Solana, which um, mm, I had heard about Solana. Oh, yeah, we got a little bit of Solana. And yeah. um, I'll just speak for Chris. Uh, we'll have to have him on now that we're doing a video. But, uh, you know, lower transaction fees and, and, and lower lower base uh, prices for the NFTs that are on the Solana platform versus the Ethereum platform. Clearly weakness in the uh, major cryptos of Bitcoin pulled back to 39 at one point, uh, back up to 42 or 43. Uh, similarly, Ethereum down to around 3,000. Um, and, and could be a bit more weaker from here. You've got talk of uh, cracking down from from Washington, uh, talking about uh, reining in some of these companies and things that are taking advantage of. And I always love the one side of an argument where uh, politicians and officials and economists always throw in that all the nefarious activity that's uh, done with crypto. So what do you think like the mafia does? Like, what do, you think? do the dollar now. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, so yeah, still hodling. I sold my position in the uh, fund that was tracking Bitcoin's price. And that's sort of like the difference between like the gold in the safe and uh, the paper gold, right? right. So um, hold the Bitcoin, hold the Ethereum and uh, starting to look at, at NFTs. But um, clearly, it, the like I said at the beginning of this podcast, last year you had uh, rates going up and gold going down, and now that's uh, inverted a little bit where rates are shying away from breaking out and uh, gold is strengthening, and that uh, is putting the uh, pressure on uh, cryptos. That's the main thing. And, of course, you mentioned last week the electricity thing, right? right. So uh, there's the, the Kazakhstan thing, which is still uh, unrest. It's sort of out of the headlines now, but... Uh, well over 100 people dead at this point. And so uh, that's where some of the crypto mining had moved from China and um, this electricity trouble around the world, even affecting uh, aluminum smelting and things like that. So um, I'm giving you a non-answer, but the, yeah, hodling, hodling my, my cryptocurrency and really waiting because um, in the next two weeks, we're going to have uh, Chris up and running in earnest. So um, we'll let the experts do the talking and uh, you want to hear my rambling about it well you will but uh it'll be more educated because we'll have a premium service up and running that i can uh steal stuff from so like last time that china announced that it was you know cracking down and you know next thing you know you got that run up to sixty thousand. you think this is a similar type of pullback within a bull market oh it's definitely a pullback i think you have a floor you know i think uh for let's just pick Bitcoin, right? Uh, Thirty nine thousand is a, is a mm -hmm. buying opportunity. Yeah, I'm not uh, shying shying away. I mean, yeah, for sure. Okay, all right. I like it. I like it. What are you uh What are you excited for in the market here this coming week? What am I excited for in the market in the coming week? Um, we have a uranium spin out. It's not going to be in the next week, but I saw that they uh, put a date in the calendar to get. Uh, that's spun out. That's another uh, private opportunity you would have had the chance to fund it. 
uh, even before the the shareholders of the uh, company from which it's uh, being spun out of. So uh, I'm excited for that. Um, I'm excited to pick my spots on a couple of uh, defensive plays. So this is a little, um, you know, not sinister, but um, anyway, I think people are um, misinterpreting this inflation. I think people um, are misinterpreting the direction of the market. It speaks to the cyclical nature of things and how people think linearly, like something that's going in one direction always goes that way. And um, yeah, and so um, we had a nice run of good earnings and good S&P performance and a good tech run. And I think in the next couple of months, it's going to get a little bit harder. I'm not saying the, the market's going to crash, but I don't think it's going to be that multiple record high after record high in the S&P that you saw in at 2021. And so um, as a contrarian, I'm excited to front run the herd. I'm not excited that it's to the downside, but anyway, that's what I'm excited about. So gold. Um, some utilities, perhaps, um, just having cash. So taking some profits, which I should mention, um, you know, we sold a couple multi-hundred percent gainers already. Yep. It's only been two weeks. And so that's a good start to the year if you can get it to be in an opportunity, to be in a position to uh, take advantage of whatever comes your way, especially when there is that little bit of uncertainty, right? When the, when the market's looking for direction, it's good to have uh, options. And that means uh, having dollars, earning cash, and that means having to sell some of your positions if you're working within a uh, side of framework, which uh, most people are, or should be. I like it. I like it. I'll tell you what I'm excited about. Um, and I mentioned it last week. There's lab delays with Patriot Battery Metals. I think, I hear, I hope that this following week or the week after is the week where we get the results for anyone that's new to Patriot Battery Metals. It's a company that we help finance at 16 cents, currently trading at roughly 60 cents. Um, they're on to what I think is going to be a significant lithium discovery. We have results from the one hole, which were absolutely spectacular. But what we really want to see is strike and continuity. And we want to see step outs and hole three is a 500 meter step out. So if we get the type of grades and the type of widths that we had in that first hole, I think that stock shoots to well above a dollar in pretty short order. Tight float, $11 million are going into the ground, is going into the ground here in the next couple of months for a winter and then a summer drill program. I think that 11 million might get it to a PEA by the summertime. And you have some pretty heavy hitters behind the scenes um, out of Australia that are, that are backing this thing on the financial side of it that have deep capital markets experience that will make sure the story gets heard. So really excited about that. It's my largest position in terms of dollar value. So, um, you know, that's something that we told subscribers a couple of weeks ago, three weeks ago with our year end show, if I'm not mistaken, right? So you had an opportunity to jump in at 16 cents. You then had an opportunity to buy it at 25 and 30 and 35 in the open market. Um, and, and now here we are at 60 cents and I think it's it's gonna be a quick sprint to a dollar, much like Aldebaran, which I'm also excited about. Um, they have drill, it has drill re, uh, results coming Next week or two, I don't think it's a coincidence that we're up 100% on that position. It's quietly gone from 55 cents over to just over a dollar, right? And it's done it in, in lockstep, right? 10% here, 5% here, 10% there. If you blink the last two weeks because you're still hung over from New Year's, you just missed a 100% run. And if, 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 if they hit on that step out to what was the best hole they had ever drilled the last time they reported results, and that's, again, anywhere near what, what, what the last time it was, 
I think that runs to dollar fifty and two dollars really quick as well. So you know we're positioned well. It's 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 exciting. I'm I'm glad subscribers had plenty of time with both of those positions to get in. It's not something that you know I picked and then just went up immediately. It's something that you could have you you could have stepped into and we've talked about to subscribers um, on a pretty consistent basis for many months now. So yeah, a lot of good stuff to like, man. Happy shareholder of um, How to Bear on here and. Um, another private deal that uh, have I think I'm pretty sure we have warrants in, and so um, 75 cent warrants, if I'm not mistaken, or 72 cents. So um, another advantage of, of private placements there, and uh, a testament to share structure because that company I'm pretty sure is 80 percent owned by insiders and institutions, uh, a large chunk of which is one big institution, Route One. So um, when there's not a lot of shares in the float, it doesn't take not a lot of volume to make the shares goes up shares go up in a hurry, which is what you were just saying. And and you know what? They're in Argentina, Argentina, especially the province where where Aldebron is in. It is hot right now. Philo mining, Philo, 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 Philo. Had a smoker of a hole earlier this week. I had I sold my shares. I, I bought uh, some on the last hole and I uh, made some money and I sold them and I looked this week and I was like, fuck. I think it was, I'm, I'm just freestyling like I usually do. I think it was like 64 meters of like 1,250 grams per ton silver or something so, ridiculous like that. Congratulations to that team. They're knocking it out of the park. Um, which is, I think, a half ounce of gold or something like that. Half so. ounce equivalent, yeah, if you're using like an 80 to 1 ratio, right? So, yeah, 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 no, exciting times there. Um, yeah, should be should be a fun week. I have a positive story this week. It's not just cops being assholes. Let me hear I love the way this article starts. I'll read it to you verbatim. That one friend who insists weed has health benefits for everything under the sun could actually be onto something when it comes to one very important disease. The vid, the Rona, Omicron, COVID-19. So a new study- Yes, yes. So a new study has identified cannabis compounds as a therapeutic agent to prevent coronavirus infections by blocking the virus from entering human cells. Um, It's above my pay grade to explain it to you. There's a really neat diagram um, in the article that I was able to pull up and find, but what better way <laughs> to get protection against COVID and Omicron and the Delta and whatever comes next, right? I was reading another article that said they had found some guy somewhere. He has both. He had the Delta and the Omicron. He was I saw the Delta crop. <laughs> Poor guy's getting spit roasted by coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> So I don't know whether to feel bad for that guy or be happy for him, but um, there may be a new uh, therapeutic um, treatment here in the works. I think that will make a lot of uh, people around the world very, very happy in hopes that it can provide future protection against other variants, right? You know that uh, a little self-tooting here, um, we're in uh, me and the Hodge family office, whoever chose to follow me in, a company who's in trials for... Mm -hmm. Um, a synthetic CBD for to protect the heart for acute myocarditis, which is um, a result um, some people are having that get infected with COVID that right. are preconditioned to have that myocarditis, and so um, there's not a, there's not a, a good treatment for that, and, and this would be a, a, a CBD treatment that they're already in trials for. So 
um, a little bit of a, a relation there. And yeah, good to see the 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 CBD. I believe it was doing the doing more good for the COVID there. Yes, CBDA, CBDA. There you go. That's all I got, Mr. Hodge. Anything else you want to get off your chest? No, I think, you know, the only thing I thought while you were talking there is a shout out to, to Bob Saget, who didn't get his proper due this week because he died over the weekend. And so the social media cycle left him by. But you started talking about weed. And I was thinking about the time he was upset that uh, <clears throat> Dave Chappelle went to uh, therapy for weed in the movie Half Baked. Oh, and he was talking about how he oh. had sucked dick for coke. And um, anyway, love Bob Saget. Love Bob Saget in Full House. I love Bob Saget. Home videos. That's some millennial shit. So that sucks. But uh, rest in peace, Bob. Rest in peace, Bob is right. Betty White right before him. Um, That exact clip that you're talking about with Bob Saget was him. Just for those that aren't familiar with the clip, Bob Saget's acting in this movie, Half Baked with Dave Chappelle. And John Stewart, cult classic, right? And he's in a he's in a, he's in a, a a meeting, a drug dependency meeting, and you know the guy's up there and he's pontificating about his weed addiction, and Bob Saget stands up and he says, "Weed addiction? That's not a weed addiction. I've never sucked dick for weed or addiction. That's not addiction. I've never had to suck dick for weed." <laughs> And it's just an absolute classic scene. Maybe we'll put a link up to it if, if the team lets us. Um, but yeah, that, that we'll leave with that. Rest in peace, Bob Saget. Seemed like an all-around great guy from all accounts, from people of all walks of life. And 65 is way too soon. And to die in such an unexpected manner. All the best to him, his family, and his friends out there. That's what I read too. Yep. That's it. Make the most of it out there, everyone. I am Gerardo Del Real, along with my co-host, Mr. Nick Hodge. This was episode 152 of Bizarro World. Be happy, be smile. It's short. Enjoy it a little bit, guys. See ya.